In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Let us read together uh, chapter 4 from the second letter of St. Paul to Corinth. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received the mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bond servants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what's written, I believe and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our, our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things that are, which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Grace of God the Father be with all of us. Amen. Actually, in this chapter, 
there is one word that was repeated twice. In verse 1, we do not lose heart. And also, in verse 16, therefore, we do not lose heart. One of the attacks on the servants is to fall into despair and to lose heart in ministry. St. Paul in this chapter actually discussed five reasons why a servant may lose heart. And he addressed each one of these five reasons and gave us solution for it. So tonight I like to discuss with you the five reasons which until now attack most of us and to know how to deal with these reasons in order not to lose heart and in order not to fall in despair. The five reason number one is that I feel my spiritual life is going down. I'm not growing spiritually. So Satan will tell me, how can you serve while you are not growing spiritually? My spiritual canon is not strong. I'm still struggling with many sins. I'm still falling in the sins of the beginners. So doubts start to attack me about uh, should I serve or not. That's the first reason. Second reason, when I find that there is no fruits in my students, I'm serving them faithfully, I'm visiting them, but there is no fruit. And I feel that the gospel of Christ is hidden in them, is veiled in them, carries no fruit. The third reason, lack of appreciation from others. Although I'm trying to do my best in the service, but nobody really show appreciation. Maybe exactly the opposite. I'm always criticized. I'm always attacked. I am always put down. So lack of appreciation. This will make me think whether my, my service is acceptable before God or not. Number four, the challenges and the hardships that we, 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 we meet in our service, whether from outside or from inside. Hardships, uh, as we read in Sirach, chapter 2, verse 1, my son, if you uh, offered yourself to serve the Lord, prepare yourself to many afflictions and hardships. And the last one, when we feel that my body cannot serve anymore, either because of illness or sickness, or I'm getting old, so I feel that, uh, you know, it's enough. Maybe somebody younger than me or stronger than me or healthier than me can serve, I cannot. Maybe 
no illness and no aging, but just I'm tired because my responsibility, I work full time, I have a family, children, you know, here and there, so I feel I am, I am tired, I cannot serve anymore. So these are the five reasons that St. Paul discussed in this chapter. And all of us actually maybe were attacked with one or more of these five reasons. And sometimes we feel that maybe it's better to quit the service. It's better to ask Abuna to see somebody else to replace me because one or more of these five reasons. So let's discuss them one by one. First one, which is my spiritual life. I'm struggling with my spiritual life. St. Paul discussed this in verse 2, when he said, But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So, St. Paul said, if I'm struggling with my spiritual life, the right reaction is not to quit the service, but the right reaction is to live the life of repentance and return back to God. That's what he meant, we have renounced the hidden things of shame. These sins that bring shame to me, and I am ashamed of these sins, and maybe I try to hide these sins from others. For example, maybe sins of pornography, or any kind. So I I like to hide these sins. People don't know about it. Uh, I'm struggling even to confess such sins to my father of confession because I'm embarrassed. But how can I react to this? We have renounced the hidden things of shame. We need to be determined to repent seriously and to renounce any sin. Actually, all sins bring shame. Any sin brings shame. So we need to renounce the hidden things of shame. Also, another spiritual struggle is walking in craftiness. Walking in craftiness means I am not straightforward. I am deceiving the people. I am giving them impression that I am holy and godly, but in reality I am not. So I have a dual life. Outside the church, I am actually walking in a certain way, conducting myself in a certain way. In the church, I have the image of the angels and the saints. That's walking in craftiness. But if this is my situation, again, the solution is not to quit the service, but to walk in integrity, in integrity. Few weeks ago, uh, in one of our churches, actually, uh, there was a wedding reception, and in this wedding reception, the 
deacons, the servants, conducted themselves in a wrong way. And this was actually a cause of offense to many, many youth and many families. That's why St. Paul, at the end of verse 2, he said, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. How to conduct myself and to commend myself to every man's conscience, but not in hypocrisy. So I am doing this just in front of the people, but between, if I am alone, I will conduct myself differently. If among people who do not know me in the church, uh, I conduct myself differently. That's why he said, in the sight of God. Living the life of integrity, not in craftiness, not in hypocrisy. This should be one of the characteristics of the servants of God. And last point in this uh, verse, uh, not handling the word of God deceitfully. Sometimes we handle the word of God deceitfully, meaning we don't give the right interpretation for the word of God. We don't abide with the patristic interpretation of the word of God. For example, if I want to justify drinking, maybe I will bring verses from uh, uh, St. Paul letter to Timothy, or I speak about the miracle of the way, uh, con- changing, transforming water into wine in the miracle of uh, Cana of Galilee. And I actually deceitfully handle the word of God in order to justify my reaction. Uh, that's why verse 2, the focus on, of verse 2, how I conduct myself in integrity, in genuine. So if I'm struggling in a spiritual life, the the right reaction is not to lose heart, is not to quit service, but to repent. We have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, not handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. That's what we should do if I'm struggling in my spiritual life. The second uh, struggle is the service is fruitless. I am trying my best, but I don't see any fruit. That's what St. Paul called it the veiled gospel, the veiled gospel, in verse 3. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Here St. Paul is speaking about a servant 
who lives with integrity, who is fighting the good fight, and who is serving sincerely among his student. But at the end, the gospel is veiled. There is no fruit. But before I speak about there is no fruit, the lack of fruit can be one of two things. Either because the gospel is veiled, or because it is not the time of the fruit. For example, if you plant a tree, palm tree, it will take so many years to bring fruit. But you can see the tree is alive. So, if I don't see fruit, but I see the children are alive, then I am in the right direction. But what if I am serving God with all sincerity, with all integrity, and there is no fruit among some uh, youth or some students? St. Paul said, it is veiled to those who are perishing. For example, if a person who is denying the existence of God, and you tried and you tried with him several times, and you prayed for him, I'm not saying to give up on this person, but at this moment, don't doubt your service, don't doubt your ministry. Because some people, unfortunately, the God of this age has blinded their minds. As St. Paul said, the God of this age has blinded their mind. We see people now who are denying God, people now who are living as homosexual or transgender, etc., etc. These people actually, uh, we need to pray more for them and to cry more before God for them. But this should not make us doubt our ministry because they are blinded by the God of this age. Of course, God of this age is Satan. And he, he said about these people who do not believe, who refuse to believe in the truth, who refuse to know what's right from what's wrong according to God's economy. Why? Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ to the image of God should shine on them. They prefer to live in darkness and to abide in darkness and to continue in darkness. This actually, the veiled gospel should not make us lose heart, but actually should make us pray more, uh, have compassion on these people more, and maybe get some guidance from others how to serve these people uh, more. Uh, The third reason, when there is lack of appreciation from others, or on the other side, we may receive harsh criticism from others. Number one, I will examine myself or ask God to examine my heart to see whether this criticism in its place or not. Did I do anything that make the people criticize me or not? If with all sincerity it is not me, just people are negative and want to criticize, St. Paul answered this question 
in verse 5 and 6. He said, we do not preach ourselves. So I shouldn't care whether people appreciate me or not, commend me or not, because I'm not preaching myself. I am preaching Jesus Christ. That is what I am preaching to to other people. But for ourselves, as St. Paul said in verse 5, and ourselves, your bond servants for Jesus Christ. Uh, sake. You know, bond servant literally means a slave. Slave. But in New King James, they used bond servant because it is more acceptable word. But the, the original text, the word means a slave for Jesus' sake. So, slaves usually are not appreciated, are not commended by their masters. But why you accept to be slave? Why I accept myself to be slave to you for Jesus' sake? For Jesus' sake. I, I, I accept to be in this rank, in this very, very low rank, just to preach to you Jesus Christ in order to taste the gift of salvation and the gift of uh, freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. So I consider myself slave to you that you may enjoy the Lord Jesus Christ. So this should not actually bother you if people criticize us or insult us or make public spectacle about us. This should not bother you because the focus of the ministry is not us. At the end, I don't want people to say whether I am a good servant or not. I want people to know the Lord Jesus Christ. The, and, and actually, he explained it in verse 6 by a beautiful analogy. He said, For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So he said, we are darkness. We are darkness. Go back to Genesis chapter 1. God said, let it be light out of darkness. And God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, it happened. So we as darkness, God also can command light to shine in our hearts, to reflect the light of Christ. So I'm not asking any praise for myself because I know I am darkness. And if there is any light, this light actually because I am reflecting the light of Christ. And the goal that you should know the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And God, we, we are like the moon that reflect the light of the sun to the earth. So exactly, the moon in itself has no light, but the moon reflects the light of the sun in the same way we reflect the light of Christ to the people. Number four, uh, what St. Paul called the earthen vessels. 
ارسن فيسلز ارسن فيسل از ذا هاردشيبز اند ذا افليكشنز ذات وي فيس ان مينستري اوف كورس ديورينج ذا تايم اوف ذا ابوستلز they were persecuted some of them were martyred so persecution was open openly in front of everyone so saint paul said we have this treasure the treasure of the knowledge of god the treasure of the salvation that we are preaching but in earthen vessel earthen vessel can be broken easily that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. If there is success in the ministry, I cannot actually say it's because of me, because I know I am earthen vessel, easily broken. But the glory will be to God, not to me. God who is working in the earthen vessel. And he gave example why he said earthen vessel. He said we are hard depressed on every side. Hard depressed, sometimes people, problems, conflict, press the servant from every side. And many times we feel I, I, I'm just so tired everybody is pressuring me students are demanding from my time their parents demanding to take care of their student in the in the in, in the house my family pressuring me in uh, in my work i am pressured so i am hard pressed on every side that's the earthen vessel but where the excellence of the power of god I'm not crushed. Although you expect when someone is hard depressed from every side, it, he will be crushed. But God actually will protect me from being crushed. We are perplexed, confused. As I said, I don't know how to serve this person. I have in my class a person who is claiming to be atheist, another one claiming to be homosexual, another one claiming to be transgender, another one who is not interested to come to the church, etc., etc. I am perplexed. I don't know how to handle all this. I don't know even where is the direction, from where should I start. But in spite of this, I don't fall in despair because I have hope in God, the hope of the hopeless and the help of the helpless. So, as earthen vessel, I feel perplexed. But with the excellence of the power of God, I am not in despair. I will keep praying and asking guidance, and I I have confidence that God will guide me. I am persecuted. As I told you, there are several ways of persecution. Now, uh, some people are threatened to be fired from their work if they don't use the right pronoun to the people, if they insisted actually to use 
uh, what they believe is true, actually they can be fired or from their work. That's type of persecution. And are we ready to accept this persecution for the name of Christ or not? And as servant, we should know, although we are persecuted, but we are not forsaking. God, who promised us, I will not leave you or forsake you, he will never actually forsake us. Do we have this faith or not? And even if I'm struck down, as said, but not destroyed, if I'm struck down uh, health-wise, financially, uh, whatever, uh, as a hardship, Satan is attacking me, like Job. Job was struck down financially, health-wise, family-wise, from every side. But Job was not destroyed. God actually rescued him and delivered him from all these hardships. So when I feel that I am attacked by uh, hardships and affliction from every side, I am hard-depressed, I am perplexed, I am persecuted, I am struck down. In the middle of all of this, but I am not losing heart. I'm not falling in despair because I know God will never allow me to be crushed or to fall in despair or to forsake me or to destroy me. But rather, all these things actually are considered fellowship in the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. As he said in verse 10, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. And the dying, it's a continuous process that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. You cannot experience the life and the resurrection of Jesus unless you experience the dying of Jesus. That's why he said, always, always, carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. And only through this, the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. And why you should not lose in heart? Because I know God raised Jesus. So if God raised Jesus, then he can raise me. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. Why I'm exposed or I'm allowing myself to be exposed to all these persecutions and afflictions and hardships for Jesus' sake. But as I am delivered to death for Jesus' sake, the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Then death is working in us as a Sunday school servant, working hard. Maybe I am tired, in pain, in suffering, in persecution, in hardships. I'm enduring all of this. I'm enduring this dying with Jesus that you may live, that my children may live. Death is working in us, but life in you. And who can support me during this process of hardships and going through all these afflictions? It is the spirit of faith. My faith in God who raised Jesus from death, 
who overcame, as the Lord said to us, in the world you will have many tribulations, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So this faith actually will strengthen me, as David said in the psalm, I believed and therefore I spoke. Because if there is no faith, we will quit the service, we will quit the ministry. Why I should expose myself to all these hardships? Why should I take all this reproach from others? Why? It's better to quit service. And sometimes when people quit service because they cannot handle the reproach or the persecution, etc., it's because lack of faith. But as David said, uh, I believed and therefore I spoke. So we believe and therefore speak. Knowing that he, God the Father, who raised up the Lord Jesus, will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. So, these actually, the, the, the spirit of faith in God and faith in the resurrection will actually help me to endure all these hardships. Then in verse 15 he said, For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. All things are for your sakes when we endure hardships, when we endure persecution, afflictions, etc. It's for your sake. That the grace of God may spread to many, to all my class, to all the students in my class. And when they experience the grace of God, this will cause thanksgiving. Everybody will be grateful to the Lord. Everybody will give thanks to God. Thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. So far he addressed the spiritual life, the veiled gospel, the lack of appreciation from others, and the hardships and the affliction. Then the last point, uh, which is the perishing of the outer man. As I said, maybe I am, my health is not good. I, I, I feel that I am ill. I am not healthy like before, or aging, or just because of my many, many responsibilities, I feel tired. I cannot give to the service anymore. And here St. Paul in verse 16, he said, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. So if this our outward man is perishing, but the inward man is being renewed day by day. And, and we saw in our life how His Holiness Pope Shenouda, when he was 89, uh, he was still active in the severity of his illness in his last days. He insisted actually to go and preach the gospel. He did not stop across a magazine. He published regularly. So this actually, although the outer man was perishing, but the inward man is being renewed day, day after day. And this should be an example to us because even from outside, we are getting tired, we are getting old. But from inside, actually, we are renewed youth all the time. As we read in Isaiah chapter 
for the Lord will new, renew your youth like eagles. And St. Paul said in verse 17, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And I want you to see the comparison that he made here. He said, yes, there is affliction. My body is tired. My outward man is is perishing. But this is light and for a moment. Light and for a moment. But when I endure because my inward man is being renewed, this affliction will turn into glory. And this light affliction, light, will turn into weight of glory. And this, for a moment, temporary, is turning into eternal. So, affliction compared with glory. Light with weight, for a moment, with eternal. And he said, far more exceeding. When actually we put our eyes and we fix our eyes on the eternal glory, which is like heavy, abundant, and will last forever, this will make us endure the perishing of the outer man. That's why he concluded in verse 18 by saying, we do not look at the things which are seen. I don't look at my outer man that's perishing, but at the things which are not seen. I'm looking at the glory that's waiting for me in heaven. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. If you are going to focus on what is seen, it's easy to lose heart. It is easy to fall in despair. But if you switch your focus for the things that are not seen, then you will be encouraged, you will be motivated. Like in the story of St. Stephen, what is seen and what is not seen? What is seen? He is in a pit. People around him holding stones. They are stoning him to death. That's what unseen. What is seen? If anyone in his place and looking at this, definitely, easily he can lose heart. But St. Stephen did not look at what is seen. He looked at heaven, what's unseen. And God actually opened the heaven for him to see things that actually are hidden from everyone else. No one saw these things except St. Stephen. And he said, I see the heaven is open and the Son of Man is standing on the right side of the glory of God. And he saw the crowns prepared for the martyrs. He saw the heavenly uh, angels and the heavenly ranks. So this heavenly vision encouraged him renewed his inner man. Do you know how his inner man is renewed? He prayed for those who actually were killing him. And he asked God not 
to charge them with, with this sin. He said, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And as we read in the book of Acts, they saw his face like an angel. And although St. Paul at the time, a Jewish persecuting the Christian, approved his martyrdom, but this scene actually did not depart from the heart of St. Paul. And later on in the trial, St. Paul referred to the scene of St. Stephen, whom he approved his martyrdom. And the father said, when the Lord said to St. Paul, it is hard for you to kick against goods. One of the goods that pierced the heart of St. Paul was the martyrdom of St. Stephen. But he did not respond to this good. He kicked again the good. That's why God told to him when he appeared to him on the road to Damascus, it's hard for you to kick against the goods. Don't kick against the good. You know, the sin of St. Stephen, martyrdom, pierced your heart, but you did not believe until when you will not believe. So these are the five reasons that most of us, we, we face in our life either one or more of these five reasons and make us doubt uh, our ministry, make us fall in despair. I want to quit the ministry. I want to quit the service. Uh, but St. Paul actually in chapter 4 from the second letter of Corinthian to Corinthian, he answered, number one, my spiritual life and how I am struggling with my spiritual life. And the answer to this is to live life of repentance and integrity. Second, the failed gospel. The failed gospel, either because it's not the time of the fruit, so I need to be patient, or either because the God of this age, Satan, has blinded the mind of the people. So here I should not lose heart. Rather, I need to pray more and to cry more before the Lord and ask guidance how to help these people to rescue them from the captivity of Satan and to set them free to the kingdom of Christ. If others are not appreciating me, that's fine. But do I give them a reason to criticize me, not to appreciate me? If there is no reason from my side, then I know I'm not preaching myself. I am preaching Christ. But myself, I'm a slave for Jesus Christ. Even if there is any light shining in me, this light is not my light. Because I know I am darkness, but it is the light of Christ. As Christ uh, shone light from darkness in the creation, in the same way, he can actually let the light shine from me in, in the service and ministry. And number four, the affliction, the hardships that make me like earthen vessel, easily to be broken. But I, I should actually look at the excellent power of God, not at the earthen vessel. I know I am hard-pressed, but not crushed. I know I am perplexed, but I am not in despair. 
I know that I'm struck down, but not destroyed. I know that I'm persecuted, but not forsaken. So this actually will encourage me. And the spirit of faith, faith in the resurrection of Christ, I believe, and that's why I speak. I believed, and therefore I spoke. I believe that God who raised Jesus from the dead, the same power, the same excellent power can work in me and raise me from the death, although I am earthen vessels. And the last point, if the outer man is perishing, either because of illness, because of uh, many, many responsibilities, or because of aging, uh, I know that the inward man is being renewed day by day. And I should not look at what is seen, but I should look at what is unseen. Because what is seen is temporary, but what's unseen is eternal. So there is a message to all of us today, not to lose heart, not to fall in despair, but always to be encouraged, motivated, have zeal, since our God who worked in creation, who raised the Lord Jesus from dead, is the same God who can work in me and produce thanksgiving to be abound for the glory of God. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.